Hello, how the tech are you? This is our uh, weekly tech show on Echoplex Media, and I don't have anything funny to say, I guess, to start with, except I'm tired, so watch out for yawns. Uh, let's see, I am historian Matt, and I, I I used to be a software engineer, but I like to talk about like tech news and what's going on generally in tech and science. And today I forgot to write my summary, but uh, I got a little bit of a uh, little science, a little tech, a little uh, crypto news. Um, first, of all, first of all, I got a polio declared a state disaster emergency in New York. I don't know what disaster emergency means, but I'll go over that in more detail later. And of course, uh, the Ethereum merge is coming up and... Uh, there might be a new token related to it coming out, and I have a little uh, more info on what the new proof of stake means. I want to go in a little bit more depth on that since we didn't last week, and I wanted to catch up on that. So, Dave, what's up? Yeah, this week I just have two stories. I've got a little bit of supply chain news from Dell and a little bit of news from our favorite uh, tech celebrity, Elon Musk. Oh, go ahead and get started, Matt. <laughs> Always good to know. I just want to uh, say that uh, HK is on an adventure and will not be joining us to, today, but hopefully he'll be back next week. So first up, I've got uh, polio declared a state disaster emergency in New York. So the New York governor, Kathy Hochul, I think that's how you pronounce it. Anyway, she declares uh, polio a state disaster emergency. Uh, the, virus, the virus is found in a fourth county now in New York State. And the emergency is meant to boost access to the vaccine and help tracking. The, uh, it was declared a state disaster emergency because it was found in a fourth county after being found in three other counties and, and New York City. And it seems to be growing. They're, they continue to take samples from wastewater and finding the polio virus. So uh, by making it declaring a disaster emergency uh, that will allow more types of healthcare providers uh, to administer the vaccine. There is a vaccine out and everybody should have vaccine for polio. And um, yeah, there's no excuse not to have it. And now it's more available right now. In, in New York State, at least. But also, uh, the disaster emergency uh, basically requires healthcare providers to report vaccination data to the state for tracking reasons so we can see if uh, the uh, vaccine effort is actually helping. But as of September 9th, it was a few days ago, um, maybe almost a week by the time uh, this show comes out, but the CDC had detected polio virus in 57 wastewater samples from the four counties, Rockland, Orange, Sullivan, and Nassau, all in uh, New York State. I think Nassau was the, the new one uh, that just showed up. It was also, again, it was also detected in, this, in New York City itself. A vaccine rates are pretty low in these counties that are uh that is found in i think it's much higher in new york city itself but new york city is big so uh and people from outside new york city come in so that's probably why it's showing up there um but uh this is probably part of the broader trend that we've covered on other shows 
on Ecoplex Media of vaccine hesitancy or just, you know, anti-vaccine, anti-vax people in general. Uh, one of the counties, Rockland, also had a measles outbreak back in 2019. So they, they're clearly a, a, a hot center for anti-vax and low vaccination rates. So the, the state health department has a goal of getting vaccination rates up to 90%. And in those four counties I listed above, they are quite a bit below. Uh, more like, uh, it's all the way from like 40% to 60%. Pretty low rates, and that's why it's probably spreading. Any questions or comments? I feel like we've, we have this uh, uh, story like every week in some form. No matter what kind of news we try to cover, it always ends up being the same kind of stories, doesn't it, Matt? Yeah. It's like, there's nothing you can do about this. You can't force people to get vaccines, so I guess uh, polio's back. I, I don't know if that's, like, a question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and polio can be very deadly. Uh, it's very bad, very, very dangerous disease, right? It can kill you. It paralyzes a lot of people. Not everybody who gets it gets paralyzed, but... Uh, it's a very bad disease, and you should have the vaccine. <laughs> you yeah, take the vaccine if you don't have it already. You really don't want it. Yeah, polio, not great. Yeah, very bad. No, I'm not an expert on polio, but I think it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> I think we can all agree with that. Um, so uh, moving on. Uh, again. <laughs> I feel like these are repeats today for, for both of my stories, but this one is the Ethereum merge. Well, this is kind of a new one. The Ethereum merge may create a new token. The merge is coming up uh, later this week. It should be on the 15th. It'll probably happen the day after this show actually is released. So keep an eye out for that. It's not set in stone because it's based on... It's, I thought it was blocked, but they they call it total difficulty, and I don't understand quite how they calculate that. But they expect that to happen on the fifteenth. Still, I think right now it's expected to happen in the morning on the fifteenth. So keep an eye out. But what what's going on here? It's kind of if you've been following the crypto community for cryptocurrency community for a while. You've probably seen, probably are expecting this, but uh, a group of ETH miners led by Chandler Gao, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, they plan to fork Ethereum protocol to keep proof of work going. Um, the new the new token, the fork, the new fork will actually make a token called ETHW. And I think uh, the, so E-T-H-W, I think the W stands for work, so as in proof of work, where that's coming from. So I, I don't know how many exchanges are supporting it right now. The exchange Polynex is uh, supporting the new token so far, at least with futures. The actual token hasn't come out, I think, on the exchange. It hasn't come out yet, so you can't exchange it anyways. But the there is a futures market for it already, surprisingly. And it is priced at $0.03 cents to the dollar on ETH. So, so that's, if that's $0.03 cents to the dollar, ETH is actually at around $1,700. I think I calculated it out to be between $45 and $50. That means per, per token when it comes out. Uh, if you're holding ETH currently, since this is a fork, you will automatically get ETHW, depending on where, you're, where you are holding it. 
there's a little bit of weirdness on how that works. Um, you basically have to you effectively have to transfer your private keys over to the, this new forked network of ETH to get that to work. Um, I'd be really careful about doing that because if you put your private keys in the wrong place, somebody can steal all your ETH. Before I go on, next part, I'm going to talk about proof of stake a little bit more. But do you have any questions or comments on that, Dave? No, I am the wrong one to be questioning or commenting on any kind of cryptocurrency stuff because I <laughs> know very little about it. <clears throat> and um, Fair enough. Yeah, I'm just the wrong person here. Um, well, I thought you might have a comment uh, specifically keeping proof of work around. <laughs> that means... GPUs may still, uh, well, I mean, they're they're selling well now, but it could be in the future if this uh, this fork takes off, GPUs could become scarce again. Yeah, that's actually bad. I don't know. I I mean, I guess because it's all open source, there's like nothing I can do about it. People can do whatever they want with it. So, yeah, this happens pretty much every time there's a major fork in particularly any of the major cryptocurrencies. Like it's happened to Bitcoin a bunch of times even happened to ethereum at least once before uh way back in the day when ethereum first started there was a big hack that occurred and the creators you know the the founders of ethereum decided to roll it back which here there was a lot of controversy about so when they rolled it back and and returned the the uh lost eth back to the rightful owners a fork was created. And so you have this Ethereum classic floating around. Um, if you've heard of that at all, uh, that Ethereum, <laughs> is that like Coca-Cola classic? <laughs> well, except Coca-Cola classic actually like came back and became dominant again after new Coke. So, um, but that did not happen at all. <laughs> this is more like the, the, you know, bad tasting new Coke version of Ethereum. <laughs> um, but Basically, what I'm trying to say is it it happens all the time, and I'm not at all surprised. I was kind of surprised it took so long for this to come out, you know, as happening. Well, and then when they make um, big changes to any big like open source project too, there's always a fork. When, yeah, when some people get mad, they get mad yeah. about this, that, or the other, and they're like, "Oh, well, we're going to make our own open source with blackjack and hookers or whatever it is," you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and especially with cryptocurrency, people do that and. The scammers come out, you know, the woodwork and try and steal everybody's stuff. And people are basically, because there's money involved, like it just becomes a, it, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, but I want to move on to, uh, I do, I want to cover proof of stake real quick because last week we, I think we covered this ag- again, um, the merge coming and I didn't have a lot of answers for uh, some questions we had on proof of stake. So I have a list of basically in the show notes, I have a link. It's the actual proof of stake link there in the show notes that uh, will link to ethereum.org's full description. They have like several pages describing what's happening with uh, uh, proof of stake, how proof of stake works. Uh, But I wanted to distill this real quick. So the first thing you need to do if you wanted to participate in proof of stake is you need an execution client, a consensus client, and a validator. And of course, you got to deposit your 32 Ether into the deposit contracts, a specific contract and uh, a specific um, ETH uh, Ethereum address. You um, deposit this 
32 ether in into um i don't know like it's got to be around fifty thousand dollars i think right now for 32 eth it's uh it's not a small amount but it's also you know not completely out there for for amount of you know cost for participating but uh you definitely have to put some skin in the game for it but once you deposit this uh your ether or eth the the user that you deposit from um essentially your your client um you deposit from will ju- uh, join the activation queue and that is there to limit how many new validators actually join the the network and there's reasons why you wouldn't want like a bunch of validators to, to jump on all of a sudden out of nowhere uh it's unlikely to happen because you have to actually deposit it but but they did want to limit that a little bit and uh, i don't know how long the queue is right now how long it takes to actually join but um that is part of the process. But once you get through the queue and you're activated, the validator, your validator will start receiving blocks from the network to validate, obviously. Uh, the transactions on the blocks that you get, your validator will basically re-execute them and check all the signatures on the block. And if everything checks out, your validator will send a vote called an attestation uh, to the network. I think when it actually does the vote, basically what it's doing is, so you have your private key on your client there that, that has the validator in it. And I'm pretty sure what's happening is the validator is using that private key to sign the block saying, Hey, I, I think this, this uh, block is good. Uh, and so basically if validators representing at least two thirds of the total staked ether, so that's uh, the total staked, not necessarily the number of validators out there, but the, the actual amount of staked Ether. Um, if two-thirds validate the block, then the block is considered valid. And I have a little not exactly there. It's kind of a star there because it's not actual. Each individual block works that way. It's There's uh, special blocks that, per- that come up periodically that really are the, you know, finalize the... Uh, all the blocks before or a section of blocks and uh, they're basically called checkpoint blocks. There's more info on how that exactly works, but that's the, the basic idea. The validators are validating each block as they come up. Uh, a lot of technical stuff. I did not find out if like how, if there's a hash being made and how that works you, for a blockchain, you have to have a hash of the, previous block or else you don't actually have a blockchain so i assume it's happening somewhere it's just not being used as the you know the proof of work thing you know calculation so it's probably just a regular old hash but um any questions or comments again it's <laughs> nope it's cryptocurrency i know you're not the, the person with the, the comments yeah i have no fu- i have no earthly clue of what you're talking about <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I mean, whatever, if they're trying to move away from sucking down a bunch of energy, then good, good on them. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I I just figure if I'm, if I'm going to have some like rich person steal all my money, I'll do it the old fashioned way and use the stock market. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But uh, uh, well, if you look at the, the way that uh, algorithm is set up, yeah, it should be less energy being used, but realize all these validators all have to run the, or basically yeah, run the transactions for each block. So you still end up using a, a 
a decent amount of computing power because you're kind of repeating that over and over again for every single validator and there should be like thousands of validators. So yeah, I mean, it, it should be able to run on a regular computer. Um, each validator, you know, could have its own you know, thread or, or core or something like that, you know, not even a full CPU or something probably. Uh, and it'll use electricity, but it's just hopefully be a whole lot less than uh, these big mining operations. Right on. Well, thanks, Matt. I, <clears throat> I think the people who are interested in crypto will probably appreciate the news. Yeah, I hope so. And, and if anybody uh, has any more questions, they can leave comments in the, uh, uh, in the comment section <laughs> under right. the YouTube video. I don't know if we have anything for the, uh, um, podcast, uh, voice only. Speaking of CPU cores, um, looks like the All supply right. chain, um, has eased off with its problems, at least according to Dell, as far as uh, consumer grade electronics. So that's going to be like laptops, desktop computers, um dell also sells like other consumer electronics i don't know if they're including like mobile any small mobile devices they sell but they're also saying that they're having still on the enterprise side they have a bit of a a bit of a backlog and it might take three to six months to get to it that would be uh servers cards for servers like you know advanced network interfaces for servers maybe maybe ecc memory for servers maybe Xeon and um, um, what are the, the, the AMD ones now? They're uh, Epic processors, motherboards, that kind of stuff. They're still having uh, um, still having delays on some of the parts from some of their vendors, but they say it should be back in three to six months, assuming no new disasters. And um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I don't know. Are you trying to buy a server or anything, Matt? You need to need it. I'm not. I'm, I'm just wondering, cause I, I heard recently that the, uh, you remember all those ships that were off the coast of LA waiting to, uh, to, you know, pull into the port and, and unload. Apparently they're basically all gone. Like they're not hundreds anymore. There's a more reasonable amount, like 10 or something that, that seems to always be there, but, uh, way less. And, um, I'm wondering if that has something to do with it or what. Yeah, we don't know or what just, we don't necessarily know what was on those ships, but if it's down to like a more reasonable number, I'm assuming a lot of consumer parts are on there. The thing is, Dell is like a Dell's like they're they're uh, assembling the the things, they're assembling yeah. the devices. So I don't know if I don't know how their supply chain works. I assume they're assembling most of it in China. I'm probably having Foxconn do yeah, all know. the all the I assembly. Mean, they used to assemble it in the United States, but buy a lot of the parts abroad. Um, I don't know. I just know, I think what they ended up doing is part of it, like they sent a lot of those ships to other ports and, and were able to unload them. And then apparently just in general, uh, with the slowdown in the economy, I guess in, in general and, and stuff, it just less stuff is being shipped across the ocean and uh, everything kind of went back to normal. Except not 100%, apparently, because servers are still... <laughs> well, these are like... Well, I mean, they're specialty parts, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. when... You, <clears throat> not for nothing, like, most of us, if we have, like, a network interface in our desktop computer, we just use the one that's on the board, because it's just yeah. built onto yeah. it. And if you're building a... If you're building a data center, you're probably... Even if there's a nick on the, the motherboard for the server, you might put a better one on there. <clears throat> yeah. Um, even if you're not using like fiber or whatever, you might still be putting a better Nick in there just because if you do, you know, over standard, like cat six cable, maybe if you get an extra, you know, I don't know, 
12 megabytes per second out of it or whatever if you have a whole data center that's a big deal actually and so i think that they're probably it's probably peripherals maybe the motherboards i don't know the the article from the register was mostly um from what i could tell a press release from dell telling everybody to go buy a desktop because the supply chain was over and their serve their <laughs> their enterprise customers who are buying stuff for the data center they don't need a press release they're buying stuff for the data center whether they want to or not because that's what you do at a data center you're not all excited yeah. to build a new data center you're not excited when you have to replace a server you're like oh no i have to spend money <laughs> you know whereas a the consumer is excited to buy a new laptop unless they broke theirs and they don't want to spend the money so we're going to move on to the continuing saga of Elon Musk and Twitter, which I'm very sorry about. But, you know, I mean, we we're a tech show here. We got to cover <laughs> this. So apparently he sent he sent so far three letters. Uh, I'm sorry. Notices trying to terminate the Twitter deal. And the uh, the Twitter lawyer said about this third one, he said, oh, it's as invalid as the other two that you already sent. And essentially, <laughs> we'll see you in court. And so that's the status of um, the Twitter, the Twitter Elon saga right now. I don't know if he sent it specifically or if he had his legal team send it or whatever, because it's it's this article was from The Verge and they are, you know, to some extent, even like a gossip site about some of this stuff. So it didn't the article was sort of short on specifics, but it is kind of funny that Twitter's lawyers are every time that Elon tries to do anything, they just, they just like bat it away. They're like, no, yeah. no, we're going to court. No, no. <laughs> yeah and apparently he's got a bad case of buyer's remorse of course he uh probably realized he's paying way too much for it um he shouldn't drunk tweet you know buying <laughs> twitter well he, like he as far as i could tell he just wanted to buy it because he was mad or something yeah i, I don't know what it it really seemed like kind of <laughs> it was like a drunk purchase or something but uh um, yeah, he wanted to, he was mad about Twitter, um, doing even like modest content moderation, right? <laughs> I mean, they don't do a whole lot, but they do kick people off if they're just absolutely terrible. I, uh, and I guess he was mad about that. I don't know. I just feel like as soon as he like tried to get rid of the, tried to back out of the deal, they should have kicked him off. That's what <laughs> I would have done. I, I mean, I, <laughs> They shouldn't, if he didn't violate the TOS, then um, they shouldn't. But there's a lot of people on that service that I feel like should not be on there. To be fair, he has a long history of using his influence to abuse and afflict people who don't have anything close to the influence he has. So they could go with the pattern of behavior uh, argument. And but also it would just be funny if he, he's like, oh, I'm not going to buy any more this and that, and they'd be like, well, I guess you're not going to use it either. Goodbye. That'd have been. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would have done, but I'm not the CEO of a of a social media company. So I mean, I guess that's my stories for the week. I don't. There's not a whole lot to talk about. I mean, like Elon is just doing what he's doing, and it's just I don't know. He's just one of those. He's just one of those people who doesn't have anybody around him who tells him no. Yep. And that's horrible. The, as you have more money and more influence, it's more important that you have family, friends, associates, clients, somebody around to be like, what on earth are you doing? Yeah. 
It's not like yeah, he's I mean, gonna ever but, like run out of money or be poor or anything. Man, is he? He's you know, he's dragging his own reputation through the mud. And by proxy, he's dragging the reputation of two companies. Yeah, I know he owns more than that. He's involved in more than that. But there's you know two big ones, SpaceX and Tesla, and it's like people work there and they rely on those companies for their livelihood. And sometimes the stock prices and what and the day to day operations of those companies are affected by this guy's tantrums yeah i'm wondering uh he might have some problems because if he has to sell a bunch of tesla stock to uh, buy twitter and he's forced to buy it because of all his shenanigans that pesky um, that pesky contract he signed yeah <laughs> he might um he could possibly lose control of tesla wouldn't I'm be not entirely sure if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> wouldn't be the worst thing, I don't think, for the uh, workaday employee there. Yeah, yeah, probably. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, there's no way this this has to go down in such a way where either he's forced to buy it or he's basically forced to give investors of Twitter the difference between the price of the stock at the day of the decision and what he promised to buy it for. Otherwise, contracts don't mean anything anymore. If you're rich yeah. enough. And that's like, I don't think the court is willing to set that kind of precedent. Yeah. I would hope it's not because I can't go back out of a contract. You can't go back out of a contract. Yeah. And if the court rules that if you're rich and annoying enough that you can, well, that's, I don't know. That's bad. Um, that's, you know, reinforces what a lot of people believe about the rich and powerful in this country though. Yeah, that's true. You just be proving those people right once again. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's my segment, Matt. You want to read the show out? Yeah, I'll go ahead and read the show out. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please uh, like and subscribe and ring the bell to get notifications. Or not. I don't care about the bell thing. But yeah, like so we can uh, get bumped up in the rankings on YouTube. Anyways, uh, other stuff you should check out, you should check out our website at echoplexmedia.com. That is the website for Echoplex, Echoplex Media, the uh, overall podcast network we're on, as I mentioned earlier. Um, most of the other shows at Echoplex Media go out live on Twitch. You can find them at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. And if you feel like giving us money, you can give it to us on patreon.com slash echoplex. No media at the end, because we got to do stuff differently. And continuing the different stuff, you want to listen to our radio um, stuff, <laughs> is it's out on eplex.xyz or echoplexmedia.com slash radio. You can follow us on Twitter at eplexm. That's at eplexm. And then finally, check out our new swag store at eplex.store.